Blog Talk Radio. But what he has done 
is he has put together the story of the Messiah. He is recording what happened, the history of Jesus, what Jesus did. In Luke, what he does is he says, these are the things that Jesus did to prove he is the Messiah. And then he takes it over in Acts, and he begins to show the work of the Holy Spirit, the things that, that God is doing now on earth through the agency of the Holy Spirit. So that's where we are now. And I want to say to you that, oh, is this going to be good. So turn over in your Bibles right away to, to um, Acts chapter 2, and we're going to get right at it. And tonight I'm reading from the English Standard Version, so if it's a little different from your NIV, don't worry about it. Uh, eventually what we're going to be able to do is we're going to be able to read the scripture together because we'll put them up on the screen. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there was dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at the sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language, and they were amazed and astonished. Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language, Parthenians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own, language, our own tongue the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. First of all, look at what it says. When the day of Pentecost had come. Now, it is important that we understand this day of Pentecost. Pentecost is the summer festival prior to Pentecost, there are three spring festivals, Passover, Unleavened Bread, and First Fruits. The Passover represents, uh, uh, comes in in the Old Testament when the children of Israel were spared from the death angel. Remember Pharaoh and the plagues in Egypt and where the death angel was coming for all of the firstborn, but those who had applied the blood of the lamb to the lintels of their, of, their, of, the, of their door, those people behind that door were spared 
Well, this is the celebration of Passover. And, and, and what we know about Passover is that in the Bible is that Luke has already told us that Jesus, the Lamb of God, who applies the blood, his blood, who shed his blood for our salvation, became a sin offering, and we are justified at Passover. That's one spring offering. Then there is the unleavened bread, and the unleavened bread, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, represents the swift departure from Egypt. It, it represented the, 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 the bread of, they called it the bread of affliction because it didn't have any, any, any yeast in it. Remember, it represents the sinless life of Jesus. Remember, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And on that day, Jesus becomes the bread who gives us life. Man is sanctified by the sinless life of Jesus Christ. And then we have the first fruits. Jesus becomes the first fruits for us. He is risen from the dead. He is risen as the first fruits of this great harvest that God will have because he's calling us all back to life. And one of the things that, that, that you have to understand is Ezekiel foretells it of Israel. Remember the dry bones in the valley? When God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live again? And so what we're seeing is Jesus fulfilling the appointed festivals of God. He, he fulfills them all. Up to that time, they had just been going through the motions. But now, Jesus, once and for all, he fulfills the festivals. And then the Bible tells us in, in Leviticus 23 about the first fruits, or excuse me, about the Feast of Weeks that they call now Pentecost. Seven weeks after Seven weeks after the, the, the Sabbath of unleavened bread, you had the Feast of, uh, of, of Weeks. And it is that time that the prophecy is fulfilled. Because during that, you know, if you go through all the sacrifices that, that, that were held, or that, that um, how do I want to put it? The, the, all the sacrifices that were offered up to God during those feasts, during those appointed times, during that, the, those, those lawful days, you will see that there were burnt offerings that made atonement for the sin. There were meal offerings that brought about fellowship. There was, or, or, or that were dedication offerings that said that I'm dedicating my life wholly to God. There were peace offerings, and these were offerings that invited God to fellowship with man. There were sin offerings of, for specific sins and the sin that was paid. And then there were trespass offerings for the sins of ignorance or sins that were connected with fraud. 
all of these offerings, or at least the the burnt, the, the meal, and the peace offerings were going forward during all of these festivals. And you'll find out when you study this that Jesus fulfills them all. But what is happening at, at, at this, 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 this Pentecost, and they call it Pentecost because of 50. There was 50 days after, count off seven weeks. In the Old Testament, it's called Feast of Weeks. You can look at it, on, you can look at it in Leviticus 23 in close detail. But Jesus, now it's being offered up to God at the end of the harvest. It's Thanksgiving for the harvest. And they offer up to him two loaves of bread along with the other sacrifices. But specifically, there are two loaves of bread. And these loaves in particular are interesting because in all the other sacrifices, he keeps saying, don't bring me any leaven. But these are two loaves of leavened bread that are being raised up to God. And this leavened bread, you know, leaven represents the sin. But 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 look look here. Now God is now God is saying, bring me two loaves of leavened bread. This is symbolic of the inclusion, first of all, that God is getting ready to do something with man, and secondly, that man still has his sin. So God, who has sacrificed his son, his sinless son is now getting ready to fulfill the promise that he made of giving the Holy Ghost to mankind. And, and what we learn here is that God is fulfilling the promise that he made in Joel 28 that we went through last week. And then let's take a quick look at Ezekiel 36. Real quick, um, in Ezekiel chapter 36, it says, um, verse 24, well, let's look at, look at verse 22. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, it is not for your, your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when, though, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. Look at this. 
When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. John foretold it when he said, John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Joel talks about the prophecies and the dreams that, that, the, that, that, that the young and the old would have and how he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And this is what is happening at this day of Pentecost. Pentecost is the appointed time for the fulfilling of the promise of the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues. Now, when a person is filled with the Spirit, in the Old Testament especially, they were endowed to do God's bidding. Saul, when Saul is filled with the Holy Spirit, he's endowed to do God's bidding. And then there is David. David is filled with the Spirit of God, and as he's obedient and walks with God, God, God enables him to bring a nation together and build the foundation for kingdom. And now Jesus has gone off the scene. He has commissioned the disciples to preach repentance and to preach forgiveness, and now he is empowering them to be the witnesses that he called them to be. And they began to speak in other tongues. Now, a lot of times what we do is we get confused with the prayer language that we see in 1 Corinthians, where there's an argument about you know, uh, uh, speaking in tongues and, and the, uh, the ecstatic speech. But here, what we are referencing is the disciples being empowered to speak in a known language. You see, this is one-step speaking. And, and, and when you look in Corinthians, what they have is that the, the rule is that when you speak in an unknown tongue in the assembly, the speech is one part, and then you have to have interpretation because interpretation gives edification. Otherwise, we, tongues are to be practiced in private. You see, um, we get a lot of people that, 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 you know, get confused with this. But, I need, you know, I'm a fundamentalist preacher. I preach the Bible. And this is what this is saying right now. What God does is he allows the people to understand that, 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 that now his use of tongues, the evidence of or the manifestation of the Holy Spirit here is for witnessing, and they are able to understand exactly in their own language the praises of God, what God has done. So what we see is the fulfillment of prophecy from Joel, Ezekiel, Isaiah, uh, and also what Jesus said would happen. What John the Baptist said with them, the fulfillment of those prophecies and the giving of the promised Holy Spirit for empowerment. Let's keep going.
They're asking, what does it mean? And they say, these men are full of wine. Go to verse 14. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give you to my words. For these men are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. This is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. Listen now promise and the fulfillment of the promise because now Jesus is saying or Luke is telling them and by giving Peter's speech that look here this is what the prophet said and this is the fulfillment of the prophecy Jesus what Jesus does by the giving of the Holy Spirit is the fulfillment Jesus dying on the cross, fulfillment. Jesus buried, fulfillment. Jesus raised from the dead, fulfillment. Watch it all happen in this speech right here. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here he is saying what Jesus has told, what he has witnessed, and what God has taught them, to witness of my resurrection, to witness that when I died, they were justified as in Passover. I have become the atonement for their sin. I am the atoning sacrifice. And whosoever believes in me shall receive eternal life. Men of Israel, verse 22, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth. A man attested you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, for it pleased God to bruise him. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. For David said concerning him, and this is a quote from uh, uh, Psalm 16, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Speaks to the resurrection on the third day. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David that he both died and was buried and his tomb is with us to this day. 
being therefore a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne. Remember when we were studying back in 1 Samuel how how God said to David that there will always be one of your descendants sitting on the throne? Now, Peter is offering this passage, uh, that, that, that passage of Scripture, that prophecy, as Jesus fulfilling what God had promised. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are witnesses being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, which they had just received, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. So what he's saying is, this, what you now see, is that. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he himself said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstools. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you have now crucified. Now when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So what we see here, look, he says, when they heard the word presented under the power of the Holy Spirit, those who God called to himself heard the word, they were they were pricked in their hearts. They were convicted in their hearts of the message of Jesus Christ, that Jesus was crucified, that Jesus didn't stay in in the grave, that he was resurrected. He was crucified that we might be justified. His blood, his atoning blood. You see, that's the message of the church. That is the message of every disciple. That is what we are witnesses of. And Peter gives us the model sermon by the power of the Holy Ghost. First of all, it is the word is preached with the power of the Holy Ghost. And we and what did Jesus tell us? Go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things. This is what's happening here. This is what we can expect 
when we receive the Holy Spirit and we preach the message of God. When we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, when we repent of our sins and turn from our wicked ways, we are then, we are then filled with the Holy Spirit, brought into union and empowered and able to go and enabled to go out and witness the forgiving and loving and sanctifying power. Hallelujah. I want to uh, just say one thing. Um, in a few minutes, I'm opening, I'll open up the floor to questions. And if you want to call me, you can call in on. 929-477-2304, or those of you who are on Facebook Live, you can type any question or comment on the screen, and we're going to take about 15 minutes. Um, it is so important that you understand that this promise, I want to just double back because i got two minutes left, and I don't want to go into the last part of it tonight. I'll have to hold that for uh, next week. But it says, this promise, the promise of salvation, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your children, for all who are far off, far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. In Isaiah, in Jeremiah, and in Ezekiel, there's promises of God, and the promises that all nations shall come unto him. God begins with the Jewish nation. And remember now, these Jews come from all over the place because they've been scattered throughout the world. These are what they call diaspora Jews. They were scattered during, uh, the when the Assyrians came in and took Israel. They were scattered even more, scattered when the Babylonians came and took Judah. They were scattered some more, and, or, or excuse me, not scattered, but, but they were, some came back to Israel under the Medes and Persians. But now they're being called back. They're being called back at Pentecost, even though they're still sinful, God is placing a new heart in them. God's placing a new spirit in them. God is commissioning the disciples, commissioning the church to go and do his bidding. The whole, Jesus has ascended to the Father, and now the work of the Holy Spirit is being done, or the work of God is being done through man, those two loaves of leavened bread who've been offered up to God are now being utilized to bring blessing, to bring blessing, the blessed message Well, that's our lesson for tonight. And I want to encourage you now to uh, ask any questions or make any comments. Uh, our 30 minutes is up, and I want to, there we go, 
Our 30 minutes is up. I put ourselves on the time of the night. So, again, I only want to do 30 minutes doing the Bible study. And then I want to open up the floor to you. Do you have any questions or comments? I see you guys out there, and if you, you know, if you've got questions, if you've got comments, you can type them on Facebook Live, or if you're on Global Drive, if you're on the Global Drive Network, you can call me at 929-477-2304, 929-477-2304. And while you're doing that, I'm going to also encourage you to send in prayer requests if you have prayer requests. And then I'm also going to um, I'm going to pray. don't see any questions coming in or the phone doesn't ring, I'm not going to belabor the hour at all. Okay, well, let's have a word of prayer. Eternal God, our Father, it's in Jesus' name that we come to give you thanks, to give you praise, to give you glory and honor. We do bless your name. We do praise your name. We do magnify your name. We thank you, O oh God, that you have fulfilled the law. We thank you, O oh God, that you are now seated at the right hand of the Father, and that you are interceding for us. We thank you, O oh God, that you have given us your Holy Spirit, and that you have empowered us to do your bidding. God, but we've been disobedient. We haven't always witnessed of you, and sometimes we've even acted as if we don't know you. We repent of this right now, Father. We ask that you would forgive us and cleanse us. We ask, O oh God, that you would make us the disciples and make us the church that you have called us to be, an empowered church, a speaking church, a witnessing church, witnessing of your love, witnessing of what you did on Calvary, witnessing that you rose from the dead and that you are, that you are the Son of God, Christ of God. We bless you and praise you. You gave us such a simple assignment. You gave us such a profound spirit, an enabling spirit that leads and guides us. And yet, God, sometimes we get caught up in the paraphernalia of life. And we don't do your will. Oh, help us to do your will, oh God. Oh, help us be the church that you have called us to be in these last days. Help us to speak your praises and tell of your wondrous works. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it. That's all. We have had a ball. And I ask that you would share this this video with someone else, that you would invite someone else to Bible study. We'll pick up right where we left off, and we'll be finishing the back half of um, Acts chapter uh, um, 2 and going right in to Acts chapter 3 next week, and we'll hopefully finish that off. I pray that you've had a wonderful time. This has been Pastor Winfred Burns with the Word on Wednesday. Be blessed. Have a good evening.